the candle that we lit today signified the light of love. And how many of you know that the scripture says, he that loveth not knoweth not God for, why? For God is love. And we all have different ideas about what love is. Are we able to roll that? Are we back up online? Okay, go ahead and roll that video. When we share love, we're sharing God. And how many of you have ever heard that saying called, when you care enough to send the very best? I want you to watch this for just a second. ski so I'm <laughs> no weight bearing dramatic yeah you okay know. so what are you out shopping for then well my boyfriend has been so sweet and oh. he's like taking care of me and just super super nice so I'm like looking for the perfect card for him like to just say thank you and how, Wait, how a card sweet. here 
You yeah. Guys, you can go to Dollar General and get a card for like 50 cents. These cards are like eight bucks. I know, but look at how sweet they are. I'm high maintenance. Like, I kind of feel bad. Look what they say. They're like, so sweet. Like, I just uh, want something really nice for them. I guess. Well, my boyfriend really dropped the ball last year at Christmas. So I told him this year I want Tiffany, not Timex. So, okay, you girl, stay I hear you. Here. I'm going to go get my card for him at Dollar General, but. You okay. do you. <laughs> well, I just want the very best. Well, good for you. <laughs> Give them a hand, would you? 1934, Hallmark came out with the slogan, when you care enough to send the very best. Now, I want to talk to you a minute about the way we choose gifts and how that process happens. but. When, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, okay, because I don't want to give out any trade secrets. But it used to be the Hallmark stores, and you took time to look and to select because you're trying to find just the right card when you care enough to send the very best. How many of you have ever been found yourself, and don't raise your hand on this, how many of you have ever found yourself in a situation where you forgot the card altogether? And so you're calling your spouse, can you run and pick up a card? Just stop at Dollar General or, or Dollar Tree's got some good selection. You know, just, just grab a card. I just need a card that says, happy birthday, mom. Just, you know, because we want her to know how much we love her. <laughs> when you care enough to send the very best. There's a thought process that goes into giving a gift. There are three questions we ask ourselves. The first one is, do they need it? I mean, how many of you have ever gotten a gift that you were trying to figure out what to do with it? We had a, we had a portrait given to us one year those of you that have been here for a while will remember I pulled that portrait up on a screen and you were a blessed audience because nobody ever saw that thing before. When we got it, we looked at it and we tried our best not to laugh. We didn't know if it was a real gift or a gag gift. I looked at that and I thought Debbie looked like she was, you know, 30 years older than she is and I looked like I was 30 pounds heavier than I am. And I'm looking at that, and, they, and, and but I could tell that the people giving it to us were just so thrilled about it. And, and so we, we slipped off in the bedroom and started laughing, and she said, this is not getting hung up in our house. <laughs> so it stayed in the closet for a long time, you know, and when, it's still in the closet. I wish I'd have thought I'd have brought it, but, <laughs> but it was still in the closet. How many of you know paybacks are rough? My son gave me that gift. He's the one that gave that to us. So when he got married, the same guy that did a paint that did that for him, for us, for Christmas, decided to give him a gift of a portrait of he and his fiance. I don't need to say anything more. <laughs> Theirs is in their closet as well. <laughs> you want to make sure that they need it. You're, when you're thinking about the thought process, you think, is this something that they need? Will, will they use this? The second question you ask yourself is, will they like it? Because, you know, you may feel like someone needs a facelift, but if you give them a gift card for one, they may not like it. Uh, apparently that's happened. 
Y'all look great, by the way. You may feel, oh, here, here's a better one. You may feel like someone needs to lose 30 pounds, but if you give them a membership to Weight Watchers, they may not like it. So you're trying to make sure one is that they need it, and the other is that they will like it. The third thing you ask yourself is, will it last? Is this going to last, or is this something that came from well, I don't want to get it <laughs> from some place where it just doesn't last. And so how many of you have ever had a gift given to you? And like within the first 30 days, it's not working anymore. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, it, oh, it runs by batteries. Apparently not any batteries that have been invented yet. <laughs> Because you, you just can't keep it going. And, and, and so the frustration, and then it goes in a drawer or it gets tossed out because it just doesn't last. If you've ever bought a tool or an appliance, one of the things you're doing is you're trying to do some research on the feedback to find out, does this thing work? Does it last? Will it, how, how is it going to Take, how's it going to be able to take care of the, what I need it for? Is it going to last? Love. Love causes you to ask these questions, and it causes you to think before you just give any old thing. And it's never been demonstrated any greater than in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world... Everybody say love. love. That love is an agape. It's, it's, it's a love that defines dear, dearly love, dear love. It's, it's the truest form of love. It loves without looking for something in return. It's not eros. It's not, it's not a physical attraction. It's not filio. It's not a brotherly love. This is a love that sees you, sees your need, tries to meet that need without expecting something in return. Unconditional love. It's not a performance-driven love. Well, you say, how come you do all that stuff if it's not performance-driven? I do it because I love him. I'm not doing it to be loved. I'm doing it in a response to love. Like what you do for your husband or wife or your children. It, you're doing it in a response to love, not to get them to love you. But unfortunately, in the world that we live, it's gotten twisted. And so sometimes what we're doing is we're doing things trying to get someone to love us, and that love will never last. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God loved the world. Do you know the, the definition for world there is cosmos? It's not, it's not just an individual. 
God loved the world. He created the world. God so loved the world. Do you know that when we blew it in Eden, the world paid a price for it? A place that had only known to be fruitful. A place that had never known a storm, that had never seen a tornado, that had never had a clap of thunder or a bolt of lightning flash, was drastically changed when sin entered. And the land began to produce thorns, and it began to produce thistles, and all of a sudden now even the animal kingdom turned against one another, and they began to consume each other all as a result of do you ever do something you ever wish you could take back? <laughs> do you ever say something and it got out of your mouth, and as soon as it got out of your mouth, you were <laughs> trying to grab it and get it back? Don't you know how many times Adam and Eve wished they could have taken it back? But God so loved the world. They couldn't take it back, but he could. <laughs> so he was going to make a way through love. Everybody say love. What are the three things that love does before it gives? Do they need it? Will they like it? Will it last? God so loved the world that he gave his son. We need him, we love him, and we believe in him. And when we believe in him, we have everlasting life. It's a love that will last. I'm not just going to church. I'm not just fulfilling a need. I'm not trying to belong to some club. I have fallen in love with someone that transformed my life forever. And love makes the difference. Not everyone is as thoughtful when it comes to giving you something. How many of you have ever gone to, you know, these the, uh, exchanges? You know what I'm talking about? I'll never forget, I went to an ornament exchange. It was a bunch of ministers, you know, and they, and they said, we're, going to, we're all going to have an ornament exchange, you know. And so I'm watching this, I, I'm observing. And one of the ministers, man, he, got a, he bought a very beautiful and very expensive ornament. And the, what he received in return was a little wooden ornament that you get a dozen of them for 99 cents at the general dollar store. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? I'm, it was, it, you know, it was mass produced, and I was looking at that, and I thought, now, I've seen that before. And I saw the look on his face when he went, oh. <laughs> and what he felt like saying was, I just should have kept my own. And <laughs> see, that's not agape. God gave us what we knew, or what he knew, we could never give back to him. He gave us something that is priceless. That, that word means that it is so valuable that you couldn't attach a dollar amount to it. Because nothing you could ever come up with, with could ever compare to what that's worth. That's what God gave to us. That's what he did for us, and that's what he's trying. He cared enough to give the best. The devil has some gifts he's trying to give us as well. Depression, confusion, and frustration. How many of you have ever picked up a few of those? Amen. Anger. 
hopelessness, despair. We reach and we get a hold of those things and those things. Have you ever received fly paper for a gift? Unwrapping it can be a big problem. <laughs> you ever get tangled up in a, a, a mess of something and you're thinking, what in the world have I got my hand in? Somebody stole one of my Christmas lights at my house. I had Christmas lights on four corners of my house and, my, and, 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 and they were dancing and everybody was so happy. And someone snatched my light. And I was upset. I thought about, is there a way that I could wire this so if they touch it, it'll electrocute them? Well, no, not, not, I didn't want to kill them. I, I just wanted to find them laying on the ground when I came home. I thought about, come on, get, get, you know you, you've thought it yourself. I thought about putting, I, I thought about getting some Vaseline and smearing all over it so when they came in the middle of the night and they grabbed it, they'd, oh my. <laughs> then I could stick my head out the door and holler, I've had a bad cold. <laughs> Just anything to try and get to them. Anything to try and, but that's not agape. I wasn't operating out of agape. I'm, I'd, should I be? Yeah. <laughs> but before you judge me, take a look in the mirror. Because God knows that we're fallen. So he has the ability to give us something that we can't give him. And he didn't demand it. He just said, whosoever will, let him come. The devil's trying to pass these off on us. As a matter of fact, John identifies him in John 10 and 10. He said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The resume of the devil. He's a thief. He is a murderer. And he's out for destruction. But following that comes another resume. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Out of those gifts, which one do you want? One that destroys you or one that celebrates you and gives you abundant life? Amen. So let me talk to you a minute as, as a parent to, uh, uh, how many of you have had children? You know, so here, let, let me ask this question. So when the child wants to touch the stove or roast the marshmallow in the fire and they're two years old and they begin to scream when you don't let them do it, do you look at them and say, oh, I can't take it that you're upset with me. Oh, I just love you too much for you to be upset with me. Here, here's the marshmallow. Go roast yourself. No, you don't. And what's the reasoning? It's because you love them. Do you understand that God loves us enough to say no? That God loves us enough not to just let us. When, how many of you have ever gotten a wild hair before? How many of you woke up with one today? You know what I'm talking about? You, you know, all of a sudden you just, you know, you, you get some kind of idea. You get aggravated about something and you're just... <laughs> 
You know, and you're, you know, you're huffing and puffing. You get, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic and praise God, let me catch them. Somebody scratches your car. Ooh, I saw some of you look at me. It wasn't me. <laughs> and all of a sudden you get feelings that flare up in you. And God says no. God loves us too much to let us chase after our feelings because feelings will mess you up. Is there anybody in the house today? Feelings will mess you up. How many of you have ever listened to a song, a sad song, and all of a sudden started to cry? How many of you have watched a movie, you're in the middle of your house, and you are bawling like a baby? And somebody, somebody walks in and looks, what's wrong? What happened to you? Oh, oh, nothing, nothing. It's just, God is my witness. I came home one day when I, my, my mother was still living. I came home, go ahead and have a seat. I'll get with you later. I, I came in, I, I, I came in and I was, I, I was, uh, I come in the house and my mom came in, or I, I, my mom and my brother were in there and I hear them talking. And they're talking about this lady that's in the hospital dying and her husband has been cheating on her and he, and, and, and running, and man, and I'm sitting there getting, I thought, I said, who is that? Who's been doing that? Man, I'm thinking like they need to be lined out. You know, who, who did that? And they said, well, it's so-and-so on General Hospital. God is my witness. I turned around and walked out of the house. I thought, my goodness, man, you all are making me go. <laughs> Feelings. We, we can watch a movie and feel heartbreak. We can feel laughter. We, we can feel anger. And none of it's real. But it has engaged our feeling and drawn us in. Don't you understand that that's exactly what the devil does? He knows his way to you is feeling. So he gets Eve to feeling like that God's cheating her or keeping something from her. And he deceives her through her feelings. Face it. Satan hates us. He doesn't care anything about you. He'll chew you up and spit you out. Matter of fact, Proverbs says, hatred stirs up strife. So the devil gets in your home and he tries to what? Stir up strife between sit. And it doesn't end when you get grown up. It keeps going. He, he tries to stir it up between siblings, between parents, between uh, husband and wife, he's just constantly going at it, trying to stir up strife between friends. Anything he can to do that, he's going after it. That's his gift to you. Amen. Just shout it out with me. Take it back. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want that gift. But there's another gift that's found in this same scripture. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. For God so loved the world. Well, hey, I know what you used to do. Yeah, that's right. I used to do it. But I found somebody that put it under the blood, cast it into a sea of forgetfulness, and you're not allowed to go fishing there. <laughs> He's taken care of it. It's gone now. 
I'm not the same as I used to be. That's the testimony of his power and his love. Listen to what Jesus says, John 10 and 17. This is why the Father loves me, because I freely lay down my life. And so I am free to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down. I also have the right to take it up again. I receive this authority personally from my Father. Nobody forced Jesus into Calvary. Love took him there. Love took him there. John 15 and 13 said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. No greater love hath any man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. But what about this? The scripture tells us that God commended his love toward us and that Christ died for us while we were yet not a friend of God in complete rebellion to God. He said, there is no greater love. His love was greater. <laughs> but I want you to think about it because he never considered us an enemy. He's always wanted us to be his friend. No greater love hath any man. Jesus didn't live in fear and he doesn't want us living in fear either. Second Timothy 1 and 7 said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Everybody say fear. The word in Greek means timidity or timid. The definition for that is fearfulness, want of courage or boldness to face danger, habitual cowardice. Did you know that the word from fear that's found in Timothy comes from a Greek word that means faithless? So when you let fear grab you and start controlling you, you've let go of your faith. You're not holding on to it anymore. I mean, think about it this way. Think about the fact that when you were a kid in school, how many of you ever used this line? You keep messing with me, and I'm going to tell my dad. I say, I'm going to tell my dad. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll tell my dad. Oh, yeah? Well, my dad's bigger than your dad. Oh, yeah? Well, I got the biggest daddy of them all. He's the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the lion of the tribe of Judah. When fear knocks at the door, if you'll let faith answer, you're going to find out nobody's there anymore. Let your faith answer your fear, and you'll find out that God's already taken care of it. He's given us not the spirit of fear, but power. It's from the word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. It means force. Everybody say, I got some power in me. He put it in there. He wants us to recognize it. He wants us to, as a matter of fact, it's not even ours. He gave it to us. Amen. He placed it in us. He's given us power, love, that dear love, that agape love, that truest form of love, and a sound mind, which means self-control. Come here. Oh. 
I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. I just couldn't help myself. Really? Well, let me take my breath. Well, let me take my breath. <laughs> Give her a hand, would you? Now, that worked all right because she's my wife. But what happens if I run down there and grab Mike? Absolutely nothing, I promise you. (laughs) Self-control. You ever hear people say, the devil made me do it? The devil can't make you do anything. But what happens is if you listen to him long enough, he gets such an influence over you Now think about what the scripture said. The devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he, whom he may. Everybody say may. That implies he's got to get permission to devour you. Whom he may devour. Now I can promise you God's not going to give him permission to devour you. As a matter of fact, when Job was going through his stuff, God told Job, or God told the devil, he said, you can't touch his flesh. And then later he told him, he said, you can't take his life. See, when Michelle was up here talking about that there are no accidents and whatever you're going through right now, God's hand is on you. God has surrounded you. He's buffered you. And he's watching to make sure that the devil can't go any further than he's given him leave to. Now, I I, I want you to hear me. So you've got to make sure that you're not letting the devil go any further than God gave him leave to. Because a lot of times what happens is the devil's not getting permission from God, he's getting it from us. We're the ones that are opening ourselves up and letting him come in, and we're accepting every gift he's got for us. Everybody say no more. We can't be effective living in fear. Paul writes to us in Ephesians, and he said, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. He loves enough that he gives his very best to us. Now, we need to do that for him. The scripture says that love never gives up. This is in 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Anybody going through something? He loves you. And if you'll respond back to him in love, you're going to make it through that circumstance. Love never gives up. Never gives up. I remember 
my son had a splinter that gotten into his foot, and he was maybe a, two years old at the oldest. I don't think he was that old, maybe a year and a half. We were in Hammond, Louisiana, preaching a camp meeting, and we noticed his foot was swelling, getting bad, and Debbie started to, she, she said, man, there's something in his foot, and he started screaming, the old saying is bloody murder. You know what I'm talking about? He just, ah, he started screaming, and it started getting to me. I was letting my feelings get in the way. And I was thinking, okay, that's enough, that's enough. Leave him alone, leave him alone. You know, he's got, I got to get this out. And she's digging, mama's in there digging, trying to get it out. And I thought about what happens when God is trying to get something out of us that could potentially kill us and destroy our life when he's trying to get malice out or bitterness out, when he's trying to get something out of us. And then we, as those that love those that are around us, all of a sudden we see what they're going through and we try and come to their rescue. Oh, no, 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 God, that's enough. That's enough. Let God do his work. Uh, he loves them more than you do. Uh, and when he's done, they may scream a little, they may squirm a little, but when he's done, all the the infection's gone. Everything that tried to destroy them will be gone, and they'll be able to enjoy their life. So this is what I want you to do. Have you ever heard of a Kodak moment? Would everybody stand with me for just a second? You've heard of that Kodak moment, right? Well, I want you to take a little bit of time right now for instead of a Kodak moment, for a Hallmark moment. I, I want you to take time to give him your very best. I want you to take time to stretch your hands toward heaven and begin to tell him how much you love him. Let him know how grateful you are for all he's done and how much you trust him. Come on, go ahead and do that right now. How much you trust him. How much you love him. How much, how appreciative you are for everything that he's done for you. Just stretch those hands to heaven. He cared enough for us that he sent his very best for God so loved the world that he gave. Do you understand that your way out of your circumstance, out of your situation, isn't through the abundance of complaining or the abundance of questioning. It's through the abundance of trusting, the abundance of loving, the abundance of saying, God, I don't get this, but I trust you. I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I trust you, God. I know what it's like to lose someone you love a lot sooner than I felt that they were supposed to go. But Blaming God and questioning God is only going to get you so far. And if you're not careful, what comes along with that are some gifts you don't want, like bitterness and anger and disappointment. And so what you've got to do 
is release yourself to the hand of God and say, I don't understand, but I trust you. I believe that you're able to do what you promised you would do. Well, how do I know what he promised through his word? Stand on his word. So this is what we're going to do. They're going to sing for just a second. The children are going to come in here in a minute, but they're going to sing for just a second. And I want you to take this moment while they're worshiping God to give your very best. I mean, just if, if you would for a moment, just quick, let's not talk to God in religious tones. And let's approach him like that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Like the Prince of Peace that he is. Are you ready? Let's pray together right now. Father, we thank you. We love you, God. We magnify you, Lord, and we know that all, you do all things well. We may not know where we're at in our journey right now, but we know who holds the road in front of us. And so we choose to follow you. We release all of our fears and we embrace the gifts that you've given us. Power, love, and a sound mind. We lay hold of the promise. Lord, you said that you'd never leave us or forsake us but you'll go with us to the end of the earth. God, we lay hold of that. We know that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you're God and you change not. And so today, not only do we offer our love, not only do we offer our praise, but we offer ourselves. We offer our circumstances, our situations, our life into your hand. And we ask you, to direct us and guide us in Jesus' name. Years ago, he came. Not like you would have expected, not like you would have anticipated, but he came. Kings usually show up in palaces, but this one showed up in a manger. He came. He came and there was no room for him. He came when no one was looking for him, but he came anyway. He came without being celebrated. He came without being anticipated. He came, why? Because God so loved the world. You just can't stop God's love. He, my friend, is determined to show up in the middle of our mangers, in the middle of our circumstance, and in the middle of our situations. What was in that manger? <laughs> Have you ever been in a manger where there are animals? And anytime there's animals there, all their mess is there that goes along with them. So God came to us in the middle of our mess to deliver us from it. Amen. Are they ready? Jesus. 
give them. Give them a big hand. Shut the snow off before we have a blizzard. Well, folks, I hope you brought your winter coats. Looks like we may be snowed in here. Just bring, bring the remote down here. Here we go. This is called technical difficulty. off so I can hear the snow fall. <laughs> the, uh, my brother came up. He needs prayer. Anybody else needs prayer? I want you to come very quickly. Stretch your hands toward him. He said he's got a lot of stuff going on in his life. Stretch your hands toward him. Don't worry about the snow. You know what? I thought about that. I thought every once in a while, the unexpected happens in your life, doesn't it? You did not help. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're mindful of us, God. You know everything that we're dealing with and all that we're going through. So we're just asking you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, to extend your hand to him, God. Love him. Lord, hold him. God, let him know that you're right there, that you're going to take care of him. Father, I pray that even now, God, as he surrenders all to you.
Let's give him a hand clap of praise. He said, I know, I know what my plans are concerning you, that they're plans of good and not of evil to give you hope and an expected end. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me. I want you to think about all the blessings that God has given you this year. For a moment, I want you to get your focus off of what's going wrong. And I want you to think about what he's done to make things right for you. You're never going to go through life without trial or without test. That's part of living. But you don't have to go through that alone. He said, I'll never leave you. He's promised to always be there. And because he's there, we know it's going to be all right. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise today. Before, before you leave, today is March to the manger. Every year, we bring our gifts to the Lord. We take and set aside a special offering, wrap it up, and, and bring it to the Lord. And so this is what I'm asking you to do today. Last year's gift helped us to be able to go to the Harrisburg Center and do a concert because of equipment that we were able to get for mission work. We also helped build a library in India uh, last year through the March to the Manger. We were able to send funds to help build that library. So this is what I'm asking you to do today. I want you to pray about what you're giving and I'm asking you to sow it as a seed of expectation for 2019. That you know that God has given you his best. He proved that at Calvary's cross. As you bring your gift today, I just, I'm asking you as you lay it in the manger, just to speak the word over it and say, God, I declare in your name that I'm, I'm sowing this seed knowing that 2019 is going to be a year of favor and a year of blessing. And I declare it in your name and I sow this seed on that behalf, amen? So for some of you, that means that you're going to have family come to find Christ next year. For others, you're going to find healing that you've been struggling with. For others, it'll be financial breakthrough. But here's the unique thing about God. He knows exactly what we need, and he's able to meet that need in Jesus' name. All right, as they play and sing this song, would you come now and bring your gift to the manger?
God bless you today. Remember, he's made you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. In Jesus' name. How shining all the stars in glory. Your love is like the wildest ocean. Oh, nothing else compares. You are the Almighty. How shining all the stars in glory. Your love is like the wildest ocean.